Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Welcome, William, to my podcast. So, obviously, I just said what your name is, but can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Yeah, of course, George. Thank you for having me, first of all. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, which is in, it's quite central in the United States, uh, next to Illinois and Kansas. I have been living in Mainz, Germany for almost nine years. In September this year, it will be nine years. And I teach English on a freelance basis for Berlitz Sprachschule. Yeah, so it's a very well-known uh, language school. Like You see it in the different train stations. You'll see their posters everywhere. So It is, yeah, which is interesting because before I came to Germany, I had never heard of Berlitz. And what brought you to Germany? That is a very good question. Um, so I studied at a university in Mississippi, not to be confused with Missouri, uh, in the U.S. from 2009 to 2013. During that time, I uh, met a foreign exchange student. Her name was Laura, and Laura was from Mainz. And after I graduated, uh, I decided to move to Mainz to be with uh, Laura. And are you guys still together? Or? We are not, okay. but we're we are very good friends still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have a similar story that I came to Germany because of a German woman. But we're still together, so we'll see. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> I think we uh, we share that uh, that history with many other people as well. Yeah, yeah I think uh, a lot of times. I feel like I'm I'm the one that's uh, the strange one because I've met a lot of women, international women here, married to German men. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that many international men who are with German women. And that's interesting. I've never really considered that, but uh, I think Germany is just a desirable land, to, a desirable country, I should say, to uh, to live in as well. So, what are What are some things that you prefer here in Germany compared to the States? I think for me, I would say that I don't need to own a car. Um, I love that the cities, for the most part, are quite compact. And uh, I've spent most of my time walking 10 minutes to work, walking 10 minutes home. If I need to run errands in the city, I can... I can find everything I need on the same block or in the same, yeah, let's say square kilometer. So it's it's very convenient as well as the public transportation. If I'm going to go a bit farther, I can hop on a tram, I can hop on a bus or a train. And that's for me just really convenient and also uh, for me nice because I'm, I'm not increasing my carbon footprint, uh, we could say. Yeah, I I would agree with all of your points, especially with not having to own a car. In Canada, that's impossible. You can't live without a car. In so, in America, it's it's the same. Yes. So just the fact that I have buses and trains and trams and also cheap flights, it's, it's yeah, oh, sure. It, it can be nice. a bit. It can, it can be a bit overwhelming at first trying to learn the system, but I think when you when you get a grasp on that, then it uh, it's very very convenient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you plan to stay here long term or what would be kind of 
the next stop if there is one i don't know it's it's a difficult question to answer i'm, I'm quite undecided at the moment um i've been weighing the prospect of of moving home for quite some time so we'll see what happens yeah i don't really have any any set plan i mean i'm happy where i am i'm happy working as a as an english teacher an english trainer so perfect we will see yeah 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 good luck with all of your plans and decisions and everything that comes next for you so today we're going to talk about mistakes that we have noticed from our german students so I have a list and I know that you've created a short list as well of certain things and patterns that you've noticed uh, from your students. So let's see if you can give me one and then we'll discuss it and, and talk about how to correct that mistake. Of course. Um, I think one of the most common is the S or first person singular verbs. Which is interesting to me, right? Because in German, for almost every person, right? Like I, you, he, she, it, we, they, there's a different form for the verb, right? You, you actually have more forms to conjugate. And in English, it's it's easier, in my opinion, right? Just to remember that he, she, it, das, es, muss, mit, right? You exactly, have exactly. At the end of the verb. Um, so I'd say that's probably my my first and and the most commonly made mistake. Uh, with German speakers who are who are learning English, that's a very good one. I think if if I had a dollar for every time I said the phrase "he, she, it, das, es, muss, mit," I would definitely be a millionaire. <laughs> Both of us. It's every single day. Hey, don't forget the s, or they'll put the s on the wrong uh, conjugation. All right. Sure. Uh, yeah, like you goes. Uh -huh, exactly. Yeah. Right, so that's a very common one. But let's see if we can kind of give some examples so that people kind of get the idea of what it is that we're talking about. So we wouldn't say he go to the store. We would say he goes to the store. Exactly. He takes out the garbage. He buys a car. We don't say he buy a car. So just make sure that for the he, she, and it form, you add the S. And I think the it is also a tricky one because I don't know if they really use it. I don't, does that one exist in German? I don't think this huh? is. Yeah. So this is also another common mistake. That's interesting that you say that. It's a perfect segue. Uh, in German, most words. Well, OK, let, let me put it this way. Right. In English, we only really have gender for animals and people. Right. But in German, you have like objects like table, for example. The word table in German is masculine. So you wouldn't say it, you would say he. Yeah, so I've seen it with like companies or countries. They'll they'll say he, he is, uh, or <laughs> instead of it is my company. Yeah, I don't know what, I can't think of it, but they'll probably, they'll put a he in front of company. Right? And I'm like, no, companies and countries are not, things they don't have a gender in i mean English. they're not people yeah. right they're not people so they're things so you have to just use a neutral the neutral form it so that one yeah i definitely see that mistake a lot exactly and so that leads into the problem is it he she or it well if it's an object it's it yeah mm -hmm. the table uh it's not a man or a woman yeah but again of course in german it's it's a little bit different yeah 
which I think is connected with the who and the which. I don't know if you've seen that mistake where which is for things and who is for people, but they'll use the who. So my company who is in Hanover. Yeah. I'm like, no, because your company is a thing. So you have to use which or that. Exactly. So that that connects it. And I and I understand the mistake, right? Because in, in German you have masculine and feminine nouns, whereas in English it's just the. Uh, so we don't put masculine or, ne- or or feminine on just objects and things. So you have to pay attention to that. Make sure that you use the it form or you use which right, for things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's think of a couple examples just because I think it's good we talk about the mistake, but we also kind of need to give examples. Of course. So, so what I would typically do is uh, when you're learning a language, you at least one-on-one, it's very easy to get uh, tunnel vision and only think about things from your perspective, right? So like I go to the supermarket on Saturdays or I buy pizza for dinner on the weekends. So what I typically do is ask them about family members or friends. So they're forced to use that third person, right? So, oh, your sister, does she go to school? Does she work? Right. And then they're forced to use the, the he, she, it, does as most myth, right? Oh, she works. Uh, one thing that I, I just noticed there with the question, does she work? So in the question, we don't put it anymore. You, uh, you do, S, you right? do. You put the S on the auxiliary verb, right? On the helping exactly. verb, so to the, speak. The, so this the do is or the does, right? But that's where I see the mistake a lot with my students sure. is they'll say, does she works? And I'm like, no, the one that you conjugated is the does. Does is already conjugated. I don't have to conjugate the, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this so, is another complication, obviously. Yeah, um, I know. And that's, I don't know if you've had that problem but i'll teach certain rules to my students and then i always have to tell them but in english we break rules so (laughs) any rule that i give you will most likely be broken at some point so don't don't get frustrated with me i'm like oh but george you told me this and i'm like yeah i'm sorry i didn't invent this language (laughs) no no you did not yeah there are exceptions to every rule yeah, of one of my students, what he said is that German is more like like math. It's it's more like logical, Calculated. right? Yeah. There's there's more like okay, if you do this, then that, right? But English is more like a language for artists, right? A lot of times it's from feeling because there's certain words that you can use in one context, but then it doesn't work in another context. So English is not as mathematical as German. And I think that creates some difficulties for my students. Oh, 100%. I think I would, I would say that German is simply, as a language, right, more streamlined. So like at first glance, you might think that German is more complicated than English, but in, in many ways, it's, uh, it's easier. I, I, I know what you mean. What I tell my students sometimes is, like German has a very difficult starting point. Like to understand the basics of it, like for example, if I'm conjugating, ich laufe, du laufst, er lauft. So there's a lot of different forms that I have to learn just for basic things. Whereas English at the beginning is fairly simple. 
But then the higher you go in English, the more complicated it becomes. And I find that German over time, it just starts kind of like balancing out. It becomes a bit easier. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, with German, I think the foundation is is one of the most important parts, right? A solid grammatical And that takes time. Foundation. Like yes, building the, the foundation takes longer in German, I find, than in English. But mastering English is more difficult. I can only agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right, I'm not the only one saying it. Then it's all <laughs> definitely not. Because sometimes yeah. my students, oh, I don't know if they really take me seriously. It's like, oh no, Georgia, that's what you think. But I'm like, if another teacher says it, then I'm not the only one. Nope. I've got another mistake here. It is with uncountable nouns because mm. I don't think that exists in German. So my students they struggle with the information, data, furniture. There's no S on these nouns. So I don't know if you've noticed that as well. They'll say, oh, the informations. I'm like, no, mm -mm. it's just information, always. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, can be, that can be tricky as well. Um, mm -hmm. There are, I believe, uncountable nouns in German. Um, however, it's, I think it's, it's kind of like an issue with the he, she, it, das, es, muss, mit, right? It's, it's, it's a, a mistake or an error that, we just have to memorize. Exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things. Because a lot of times my students, is they want rules. Oh, George, but why? But why? And I'm like, because. And with uncountables, I don't know if is. I can give a better <laughs> answer. Can you give a better answer of why we say information and not informations? Well, we can, we can give something or we can make words countable. Right, we can break things into something that's countable. Right, like a word like uh, coffee or chocolate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, I could say, for example, I would like mm -hmm. to have chocolate. Yeah, after dinner, for example. Yeah, and it's not. I'm not saying how much I would like to have, but if I would like to say how much, well, we break chocolate into bars of chocolate or pieces of chocolate. Right or packages of chocolate, mm -hmm. depending on how much chocolate you eat. Exactly. Yeah. For water, yeah, I'd like to have some water. How can you break down water into something that's countable? Well, we use bottles, we use glasses, liters, gallons. Exactly, but you can't just say waters. I uh, that wouldn't work. Not, you would have to put really, those, those no, words really. in front. Right, the special phrases in front, and then I can actually start counting things. The one that they really struggle with is bread. Okay. I'm like, what do you mean you can't say breads? I'm yeah, like, two no, breads. you can't say two breads. <laughs> I can say a loaf of bread, or I can say a slice of bread, but you cannot say, oh, I bought two breads. Mm. That's correct. Yeah. 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 We have to, we have to try to either use it as an uncountable noun. So a little bit or some, yeah, some bread, mm -hmm. or we need to make it countable by breaking it down into slices or loaves. Uh, exactly. As you right. So yeah, the, these are all very common and I understand that, right? Because in the German language, all they're doing is translating. So if in their language, you can say informationen. So they say, oh yeah, that there's a plural there or sure. daten. So they just, but no, in English, you, and it's just a question of memorization. And I don't know, it's not a long list. I don't think there's that many uncountable nouns. I, I agree. I don't think there are so many. And the issue is that, 
right in english right it's so it's so normal right yeah we don't think about it anymore we just do it automatically because exactly we've, we've exactly. known this our whole lives but for them they're kind of like shifting the way they perceive nouns and they're like oh i cannot count this i cannot yeah. count chocolate what do you mean Exactly. We have to just simply try to understand it. So there is a change in the way they think. And I, I tell them, when you are speaking English, you have to turn off your German brain. Because a lot of times it's not going to translate well. Um, I know that at one of the points when I really started to to sponge up a ton of German and learn really quickly was when I just simply accepted the fact that the languages are different and I can't get an explanation for why they're different in every, in every way. Um, I just have to simply, like I said, accept uh, that they are. That's a very big and important point to understand. Cause I think I also had that same uh, problem when I was learning German. It's like, uh, would tell my wife, Jen, this doesn't make sense. But why do you do it like this? And the answer is because. And as soon as you realize it, then you'll start making progress because you won't have like this obstacle in your brain of, oh no, why, why, why? Always questioning. Yeah, just yeah. you don't have to question. And I think, I think yesterday when we spoke, you mentioned that you also work with uh, uh, young people, young uh, children sometimes. I do. I teach some, I have some children's courses, yes. I, and I think maybe sometimes do you find that they also ask a lot of whys or do they accept it and just learn it and, and play with the language? That's a good question. It's different. So it's easier with kids, right? Because if they ask why, you can just tell them, why not? And then they will accept that answer most of the time. But with adults, it's a little bit more complicated. Yeah. yeah. They, won't, uh, they won't take that as a valid answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you're right. What I, what I try to remind my students is like, it's important to kind of pay attention to how children learn because we can apply a lot of those same principles to our own learning. Children are not so worried about making mistakes. Of course, today we're talking about certain mistakes and we're not doing this to make German people feel bad. We're, we're doing this so that we can help you improve, but also help you understand that it's a part of a, the process. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Nobody is going to like die because you made a mistake. It's okay. But just kind of make the mistake, learn from it, move on. Exactly. And that's the point, right? Uh, you can make a mistake five times, 10 times, 20 times, 50 times, uh, but you always have to try to avoid the mistake the next time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in my experience in learning German and speaking German, I, I still make certain mistakes occasionally that I, that I made at the very beginning when I was just starting to learn and uh, you just have to try to notice that you made the mistake and then build off of that right and the next time try not to make the same mistake but it's it's a never-ending process yeah one of my common mistakes in german is i say das ist mehr wichtig right because i just take the english form okay, it's more, more important. important yeah and they say no no it's not mehr wichtig it's wichtiger i'm like oh yeah. true yeah. So, of course, we, I also do that when I speak German. I'll, I'll translate literally, little by little. I'm trying to become more aware of it and do it in the German form. But yeah, I still make those mistakes. 
Yeah, it's difficult, uh, especially if you're trying to learn on your own without someone who knows both languages, right? Your native language as well as the language you're trying to learn. Of course, the the instinct is to literally translate certain things, and and that works for the most part, which is also an issue and deceiving. Uh, because for certain things, they're just not translatable. What was your experience like when you first started learning German? Were you very shy about speaking with German people? Or did you feel fairly confident to make those mistakes from the start? I was like, I would say 99.99% of people are quite shy and, and insecure, right? I started learning German when I was 24 years old, 23 years old. So at that point, I'm already an adult, right? And um, as an adult, you have this idea that you should know certain things and be able to do certain things. But when you start to learn something brand new, it takes you back. Yeah, you sort of become a baby in a sense. And that's not a comfortable, a comfortable feeling or situation for anyone uh, to be in. But again, it's, it's really just about going for it. And when did you make that switch where you're like, hey, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm here to learn and to try. How long did it take you before you actually kind of made that switch in your mind? It took me a good two and a half, three years after. uh, And at that time I was living in Germany as well. So two and a half, three years after I moved here uh, is when I really decided, okay, either (laughs) I'm going to live here uh, and I'm I'm going to learn the language or I'll go home. Not because I felt pressured from German people to to be able to speak their language, but it just makes sense, right? If you're going to live in a in a different country, you should be motivated to to learn their language and be able to speak with them in uh, in their native language. Yeah, and that was a big motivator for me. Yeah, I had a very similar experience. It took me about two years before I was finally able to get over that big obstacle of, oh man, like this language is so complicated. How am I going to do it? I was always very, very shy to speak in German. But when I realized, okay, I think I'm going to stay here longer, long-term, I've got to make the effort. And even if people look at me funny and they say, huh, what's mine too? It doesn't matter. I'm here to learn. And even if they don't, understand me the first time I can try to say it in a different way. So yeah, we're both teachers, but we had that experience. So we can both empathize with students who go through that process themselves of feeling shy to speak in English and feeling insecure about it. It's, we've all been there. We've all been Every, there. Everyone who decides to, to start a, to learn a new language uh, goes through the same process. Yeah, it's a mental, a mental struggle for all of us. But you can get to the other side. And I think that's, that's the message is, yes, maybe you're in that moment right now where you feel insecure, but you don't have to stay in that space forever, right? You can develop and, and start to see your language journey in a more positive way and no realize, doubt. oh, you know what? Actually, learning a new language and being able to communicate with new people, like, it's a really beautiful experience. It is. And I, I, the one thing that I, that I cherish about my, learning experience in this case with german is that it's it's there's kind of a snowball effect right so at first it's very daunting and it seems overwhelming 
But then you get your foot in the door and you learn some of the basic grammar, you learn some vocabulary that you can use day to day, and you simply just build on that foundation. And at some point you hit a plateau, a threshold, whatever you want to call it, where you're having full conversations with people in that language and you you realize, okay, right? I can do this. You've built so much momentum. And it's it's for me that was very, very motivating. Always trying to build on what I already knew. Yeah. And again, it can take it can take a while to get out of the starting gate, but after some time, it's the feel that feeling of fulfillment, that feeling of accomplishment is just what drove me to to continue. Exactly. So just continue, continue. I always tell my students, be the tortoise, not the hare. Slow and steady wins the race. So just take those small steps on a daily basis and you will reach your destination. You will reach your goals. Do you have one more? Let's take a look at one more example that you have. Uh, Of course, I have many more examples. Uh, I think for me as well, one of the most common uh, mistakes or or difficulties that uh, my German learners have is separating the simple past tense with the present perfect tense. Yeah, I've seen that a lot because in German you can say, ich habe das gemacht, ich habe gedacht, but in English you would have to say, I thought. Exactly. So finished action, simple past. (laughs) So if it's over, if I see the word last week, if I see yesterday, if I see last year or 1999, make sure that you use the simple past form. Of course. Yeah. So that's a very common one. It's difficult to separate the way that we, or it's difficult to change, sorry, the way that we think about time. So in English, we really have two separate categories, right? Finished time and unfinished time, right? If something could possibly continue into the future and started in the past, we have a special tense for that. If something is finished, if it happened in the past and finished in the past, we have a different tense for that. So it can be difficult to, again, to change the way that that the learners think about time, but it's finished time or unfinished Exactly. Time. Yeah, because in, in German, you don't use the simple past. I think only in children's books, you'll find it. But in, in speech, they're not really using it. So I can understand it, the mistake and why it's a, a difficulty for them. But just exactly, remember, it if it's over, if it happened and it has no repercussions right now, then make sure that you use that simple past form. No, that's a really great example. Those, all the examples you gave are 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 things that I've also noticed with my own students. So thank you for bringing that up. If we want to find you online, where can we connect with you, uh, contact you, ask you questions? Where can we do that? I think the best, the best place to contact me would be, would be on LinkedIn. Of course, I have, I have social media as well, but I, I keep that private. Yeah, I would say LinkedIn. Perfect, I don't really perfect. have any other, any other uh, accounts. Yeah, so I will make sure to put your LinkedIn information in the show notes. Any final words that you have for English learners in Germany? Uh, Yes, I would just say um, try to start small. I had the goal when I first began to learn one new word every week, right? And as I mentioned before, it snowballs. So that one word a week became one word every 
three days. That became one new word every day. And uh, before you know it, you'll have all the vocabulary you need. So start slow. Very good tip. Thank you so much, William, for your time. All the best to you with your future projects. Yeah, thank you, George. I like episodes with fellow English teachers because they speak clearly and that makes it easier for you guys to understand. But I also think it's important that you get used to listening to natural English from non-teachers. Pay attention to the language level under every episode so you can see how difficult that episode will be to understand. Today's audio message comes from Sylvia. Hello, George. Thank you for that great podcast. I like the variety of topics with different interview partners. These and the the attached vocab list and comprehension questions make it a helpful tool to develop listening skills and to learn new vocabulary and phrases. I'm already looking forward to the next episode. Bye. Thank you for your kind words, Sylvia. To everyone out there, don't forget to check out the vocabulary list and comprehension questions. Listening to a podcast episode is great, but you know what's even better? Interacting with the material in an active way. If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal. Thank you.